Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, May the 10th, 2023, and um, hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you for taking time to join in this uh, daily podcast, this daily time in God's Word. And uh, so we uh, continue our journey through the New Testament. Today we are in Acts chapter 4. Um, spending most of the week, well, all of the week in Acts today, Acts chapter four, and just skimming, skimming the plan here. Yeah, we're going to be in Acts for one, two, three, four, five, the next five weeks as we just walk through the book of Acts. So it'll be kind of interesting, cool too, because um, we're going to be doing a series through the latter part of the book of Acts uh, later on in the summer. Um, it'll be our summer series at Bayside. Um, we did the first 15 chapters in a fall series, just, uh, just last fall, fall of 22. And so we're going to finish up the book of Acts, um, this summer with the latter, uh, 14 or so chapters. So, yeah, so that'd be kind of cool. So we'll kind of, it'll, it'll kind of lead right into that, uh, pretty close, maybe even a little bit of overlap. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on. We are in, like I said, again, I said Acts chapter 4. Um, yeah, Acts chapter 4. And um, let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's do it, y'all. All right. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were preaching to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Hmm. So that's funny. Seems like their uh, their issue is a theological point. It's not necessarily, at least that's one of the points, right? It's more about a, a theological point. It's not about Jesus. It's that you're preaching that there's, it's, uh, it's uh, possible to be raised from the dead. And so we can't have that because that's against our theology. <laughs> so the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming that in Jesus, the, the resurrection of the dead. The problem with, for them was the resurrection, especially for the Sadducees, right? They didn't, they didn't like that. Sadducees were those who didn't believe in the resurrection. So so here they're, they're getting... Uh, grilled by uh, the religious leaders for A, preaching Jesus, but B, preaching resurrection from the dead in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Verse 3, they seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put, say that again, say that again. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Okay, so just going to, contain them, detain them until uh, so they can 
duly process them, quote unquote, next the next day. But many who heard the message believed. Oh, problem. <laughs> People are believing the message. So there's like they're so people are responding to Peter and John's preaching. They're starting to come to Christ, and so because of that is causing some issues in the community. Verse four. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about five thousand. Wow, this thing is getting out of hand. <laughs> Started out with just 120 in the upper room, then you boom, three thousand saved on the day of Pentecost, and here, chapter 4, we're talking about 5,000. Mm-hmm. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. They said, we got a problem. We got a little sitch going on here. We got to deal with. <laughs> these but Christians, they just, these people who follow in Jesus, they, they're, they're starting to multiply. Verse 6. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. So you got a gathering here of all the high priests, right? So these aren't, this isn't a Roman gathering, Roman leaders at this point. This is uh, Jewish religious leaders. Annas, who was the active high priest, Caiaphas, uh, who was the previous high priest, and John and Alexander and others. They were they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. What by what power or what name do you do this? Hmm. By what authority are you doing this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said. Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Woo! He ain't, he ain't playing around. So remember in chapter 3, Peter and John were going to the temple. There's a beggar there at the gate. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. And they lifted the man by the hand. They said, rise up and walk. And he stood immediately to his feet, went to the temple, leaping and praising God. And and so that's the reference here. Peter saying, if you're if if we're still being, you know, uh, persecuted for giving a a lame man hope and life and a future, then you just need to know that that was done in, through the name and the power of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just need to know that. He doesn't need to know. Um. Know this, that you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now, that's powerful, right? Because what he's, what's happening right there? He's, uh, he's putting them against God. Whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. He's like, you were on the wrong, you're on the wrong side on that. <laughs> on, that little, on Jesus, you were on the wrong side. Uh, you put him to death, God raised him up. Guess which side you should have been on? God raised him from the dead. It is through that that this man stands before you healed. Verse 11. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, 
which has become the cornerstone. Salvation, well, what's this, verse 12? Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Woo, man, I like that. That's powerful. That's strong. Acts 4.12, that's worth underlining in your Bible. Salvation is found in no other name under heaven, because there's no name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. In the name of Jesus. Mm. So when people say, can I be saved through the name of Buddha? Or No, not according to the teachings of the Bible, not according to Jesus. Now, according to the inspired word of God, it's through the name of Jesus. There is salvation in no other name. Verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I love that. Is that our, that should be, that it would be said of all of us that people can tell that we've been with Jesus, right? Not by our intellect, not by our education, not by our charisma, not by our, um, our wit, but just something about us communicates to people that, man, this, this guy, this lady, she's been with Jesus. He's been with Jesus. You could just tell the grace, the compassion. You think about that. What does that mean? And what, what sort of things create um, that feeling or that what communicates to others that a person has been with Jesus? Um, I think when there's a peace, when there's a confidence, when there's a, a love and a grace, uh, when there's just a... a, a um, I know this word gets you overused, but in a sense, a centeredness. When you think about what is it that communicates to other people that a person has been with Jesus, I think it's, uh, and yeah, like I said, it's sometimes it's overused, it's the, but this idea of centeredness, like, um, and maybe that's, but more kind of rooted, grounded, secure in Christ, right? Like just confident, not in an arrogant way, but just in a peaceful, strong way. <laughs> and, um, and that comes from being with Jesus, from literally, how does it happen? It comes from being, or actually being with him. And when you're with him, those character traits, that characteristics um, emanate from us. Um, but yeah, man, I wish it was, I pray that that's true of all of us, that uh, today in the circles that we're in, the people that we connect with, the relationships that we're, whether it's uh, virtual or in person, people are like, man, you know what? There's something different about that person. Um, and it's Jesus. But since they could not see, see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then confer and then conferred together. So they um, it's really they, they really had no offense. they really had nothing to to reason to keep these guys uh, because the man they're talking about is not even there. There's, you know, there's really no reason to de continue to detain these uh, the apostles. So they kind of withdrew with the Sanhedrin, conferred together. What are we going to do? Verse uh, 16. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. 
Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot not deny it. It was public, right? It was at the temple. Everybody saw it. So you're not going to say, forget what you saw. <laughs> you know, like men in black with a little zapper. Hey, look here, look here. We're going to erase your memory. No, that ain't going to work. Everybody saw it. It was a very public miracle. So it's like everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer in, to anyone in his name. So we can't, we can't fix the past. It's already out. But what we're going to do is we're going to make sure they don't do any more of it. We won't, we're going to do something about the future. Yeah, well, they're probably not going to listen to you. <laughs> Verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak to or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Mm, that's powerful. I mean, that's the conviction. What is that? That's conviction right there. It's like, we can't help it. We can't help speak. We can't help but speak about what we've seen and heard. You can't contain us. You can't, there's no way we can, we can't not say it. So what's right? Is it, well, should we be obeying you or obeying God? Again, they're placed on the opposite side of God. <laughs> After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. It's a shame. It's, it's kind of a tragic scene, right? Like, these are religious leaders. Why aren't they not part of those praising God? Why are they not part of those giving praise and adoration to God? You know why? It's one word, control. They couldn't control it. It was out of their control. Because they couldn't control it, they couldn't celebrate it. Uh, it didn't fit in their nice little box. It's kind of the same thing that happens like with when there are outpourings of the Spirit, even kind of the, some of the stuff that happened at Asbury back earlier this year. You know, I mean, there was a lot of affirmation, of course, for it, but there's always those cynics and critics and, you know, super, quote unquote, super spiritual people who think they are the, uh, the watchmen who are to judge. And it needs, and somehow it needs their validation. And, well, no, God really doesn't need your validation. And sadly, you should be among those who are experiencing what God is doing if you really cared about this. Verse 22, for the man was miraculously healed, uh, for the man who was miraculously healed was 40 years old. So, you know, so everybody, he'd been there for 40 years. Everybody knew him, you know. He was of age, and so it was legit. Um, and so there was, really couldn't deny what everyone had seen. Verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against the, his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles 
and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus. So they're praying like, God, why? They're 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 pleading with God a little bit, like, God, why is it that you know people are conspiring against your good purposes and plans? Why are they trying to fight you? You made the heavens and the earth. Why did the nations war against you? Why are they the rulers banned against the Lord's anointed? And he's saying what in verse twenty-seven? Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate. Like we see, we're seeing this lived out. We're seeing this in our time. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So they're doing what you said would happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I love that. I think sometimes we have to um, evaluate how often we pray for safety. Hmm. I'm guilty of this too. Um, and instead of praying for safety, pray for boldness. How many times do we say, Lord, keep us safe, keep us safe, keep us safe, keep us safe. And how often do we say, Lord, make us bold, make us bold, make us courageous, make us, uh, uh, yeah, give us, give us, uh, give us courage and boldness to speak up. It's so, it's so often we, it's very, um, it's sort of a retreating sort of prayer that we pray. God, keep us, <laughs> keep us safe from harm and danger. Keep us protected and sheltered. There's a place for that, of course. But on balance, or most of our prayers about safety and security are about boldness and being courageous for the, for the message of the gospel. I, to me, I read these passages in the book of Acts, and like this one, it's convicting. They just got arrested. They just got threatened. They go back, and once they're released, they go back, and they pray. They immediately start to pray. And they don't pray, you know, Lord, never let that happen to us again. Please, Lord, never make, let it, let that come, let that come our way again. No, he's like, Lord, give us courage and boldness. <laughs> Be even more courageous to speak your name. Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So he answered their prayer already. They're already getting filled with the Spirit and are beginning to speak the word boldly. That's a quick answer. They prayed like just three verses before that. They prayed for boldness. Two verses later, they spoke the word of God with great boldness. That's, that's awesome. Verse 32. Verse 32. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So they didn't stop. They continued on. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. I'm sorry, so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money to the, of the, from the sales and placed them at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. They're sharing. They're looking out for each other. They're loving those outside the walls and inside the walls. Those, those who are of the family of faith, those who are fellow Christians, they're taking, making sure that they're taken care of. 
but they're also looking out for those who are outside. They're preaching the gospel, they're evangelizing, they're sharing the good news, um, they're praying, they're worshiping. Uh, it's all part of those, those, you see those main purposes of the church. When you read the New Testament, the, the early church, like, what are those essential parts of the church? Well, it's worship, it's connection with the family of God, fellowship, um, and it's um, mission. So they they connect for discipleship and fellowship. They uh, they go they reach outward in evangelism and service, and they worship. So at baseline we say this: you know, there's there's worship, worship, connect, and serve. Our mission, or worship Jesus, get connected, take action. Is how we say it. But it, the the core of those are worship, connection, and mission. And so those three things you so basically you're reaching upward to god outward to others and you know side to side to the brothers and sisters in christ rick warren would say it um in terms of the five purposes of the church worship evangelism discipleship fellowship and missions those are the five purposes of the church and those that's essential church uh, we can cluster those five into three um, but I think you, you kind of land on about the core, a core number of three. Yeah. And those, so you say like, you know, what, what is the church? What is the church about? It's those five things or three things, depending on how you count them. Mission, connection with the body of Christ through fellowship and discipleship and um, evangelism and mission. Verse 36, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Hmm. There's the introduction to Barnabas. He'll become an a, a, a important player throughout the rest of the uh, book of Acts. But here we see that's his first introduction is he, he had some land and he sold it and gave it to help, uh, to help others. To help the cause of Christ, son of encouragement. It's awesome. All right, you guys, that wraps up chapter four. Let's, hey, thanks for spending time in the word of God today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for um, the witness of the early church and the courage that they had and the uh, way it speaks to our hearts and challenges us to also be courageous. God, help us to uh, pray more for boldness than for safety. Uh, for courage more than shelter. God, help us to be those who um, live in such a way that people know that we've been with Jesus. So God, fill us with your Holy Spirit, saturate us with your love, and help us to be your hands and feet today. Lord, I pray your blessing upon my friends today, whatever they are facing, whatever particular issues they're dealing with today, we lift them to you today and ask for you to move in great and mighty ways. We love you. We thank you so much for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thanks so much for being on today. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow with Acts chapter 5. And um, we'll see what the Lord has to say to us then. Have a great day. Thanks for liking this, subscribing, sharing it, all those good things. Really appreciate that. Thank Your comments are always appreciated. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.